0: It's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go.
1: Initialize sequence.
0: Welcome to The Baldcast. A production of John Bald Baldface Truth. What was the best sports Christmas present you ever got? Steven, what popped into your head right now when I said that? Um, I remember as a kid... We got um, Seattle Seahawks tickets. I remember it being Ooh. it was a it was tickets on the tree. Like we had a little, um, like a stocking, stocking ornament that was made out of beads. that You could okay. open it, and inside there was tickets in there. Nice. I got electric football when I was nine, where I had to line up all the football players, and then it, you know you push the button, and, and they all kind of vibrate around. They they didn't go where you wanted them to go, but every once in a while. Running back would hit the hole, go for 60 yards, and it would make it worthwhile. I probably drove my parents crazy. Gloria Navarez is the commissioner of the Mountain West Conference. She's joining us now. I need to know, Gloria, growing up, best sports Christmas present you ever got? You know, I was
1: playing Softball with a ratty glove, you know, hand-me-down. And so getting my very own first new, you know, break it in myself, wrap it around the ball, oil it up glove, that was memorable for sure.
0: Love that. And I know you you were an athlete, and I know your parents, we've talked about this before, the support you got and what sports meant to you as a kid. I mean, I always – I can remember I got a bat one year for Christmas. I got a batting tee another year. I think my parents were trying to turn me into a hitter. Um, but, uh, there was always some, there was always sports at play somewhere in, in, uh, in that. And, uh, here you are now as commissioner of the Mountain West Conference. Pretty cool. Yeah. Who knew? <laughs> did you, did you ever say that? Cause I know law school was in your future. Sports was in your future. Did you ever say, I want to be and work in sports or did you just gravitate there? Cause it was always familiar to you and you loved it.
1: I had no idea these types of jobs existed. In fact, when I was in college playing basketball we had an interim ad and kind of vaguely understood what was going on there but didn't really have an appreciation of college sports as a career until i got into law school and realized oh, i don't know if i want to practice law
0: <laughs> yeah yeah. And, you, yeah and you found a way to marry uh i guess that love of sports with with law uh the mountain west uh schedule comes out today uh oregon state washington state certainly that partnership that you guys have um is uh being celebrated i think in those two towns by their those fan bases but give us an idea of how that came together in your world why why was you know doing business with the Pac two so to speak good for you guys
1: well, you know, both of them have really strong and histories and current programs in, in the sport of football. Um, you know, we've talked about that just geographic uh, proximity as well as kind of shared mission values, and you know, they look a lot like a lot of the schools in our league right now. And it, you know, it was kind of a, a new project, so to speak. And, you know, you don't re- ever really make a scheduling agreement. <laughs> <laughs> to integrate teams into your regular season. So while it took us a little bit, um, very, very thrilled to have brought it over the finish line. I think we're pleased with the finished product. Our athletic directors and presidents, you know, feel it's really going to, you know, add to the strength of the Mountain West football schedule.
0: The conference champion, it'll be decided, as I understand it. You know, looks like you have seven games. Um, are you comfortable you're going to get, a good sample size and know who the best two teams are or is this just kind of where we are with college football that you know this these kinds of things are going to have to happen and you're on you're you're in a new world so to speak
1: yeah and that that is the difference with football is the small sample size every year you know and you're talking about one or two extra conference games does make a difference um but all of our processes are set up to to put the best two teams in the league in our championship game to best position the league as a whole for that, you know, uh, this year's sixth, next year fifth spot in the playoffs.
0: I've heard some of the presidents and athletic directors in the Mountain West look at Oregon State and Washington State and go, hey, they look like us. They, uh, they feel like us. Um, you know, the discussions you had with them, you know, I know it's a partnership, it's a for now thing – you know, how involved was the conversation about a potential true merger or reverse merger, or did you even get to that point?
1: You know, it's really I, I, – everyone talked about it, and by everyone I mean, you know, media, fans, social. But really, until they figure out – and by they I mean the courts, <laughs> Washington State, Oregon State, and the departing schools, you know, what who has ownership and control over the league, it's really – you know, there's there's nothing we can do until that, that gets settled.
0: Gloria Navarez, Mountain West Conference Commissioner, is our guest. Every, a lot of people are asking me about other sports. Where do other sports factor into the conversation right now?
1: Um, I think everything's still in discussion. Um, there's certainly a sense of urgency to figure that out, but just working with Oregon State and Washington State to, you know, figure out what's best for them.
0: College athletics, you see Charlie Baker come out with the proposal. You have a lot of uh a lot of ideas out there. Of course, everybody's looking at the portal and NIL and the lawsuits that are out there. What do you make of the landscape as a whole and and, and what you see?
1: You know, I there's so many days I just scratch my head over what's happening. Um, you know, certainly we've had communities and states get, you know, have strong feelings one way or another regarding selection across all the sports. Um, but to actually have, you know, a state going after the CFP selection committee just seems to me like a, a day I never thought I'd see. <laughs> it's just, I, I don't know. I, I do, I do think though that, you know, I, I really support president Charlie Baker and, and what he's trying to do. And I, I think he's taking a very proactive role in trying to get his arms around a lot of these issues.
0: The uncertainty with the Pac-12 situation, I think, rattled a lot of people. And, you know, you, you obviously, your members have to think about themselves, think about the conference. How do you how do you lead at a time where, you know, there, you've got conflicting agendas and you've got, you know, some members that are probably really happy with where you are and others saying, you know, we have to be proactive and, you know, we should be adding schools or we should be, you know, how do you lead amid that or? Or how challenging is that for your job? You know, one of the running
1: jokes among commissioners is at any given time or, you know, topic, if half the league hates you and half the league loves you, you're probably doing a good job. Because we don't have that much legitimate authority, really, to just say, hey, this is what we're going to do. It really is leading by consensus and trying to find that path through that is best for the group. And time and again, the position or the agenda of the individual school might conflict with that of the group. And, you know, you have to manage that as well. But I think all of the commissioners, to the best of their ability, are, are just trying to chart the best path forward that makes the group that is the conference stronger. Because that's why, I mean, when it all comes down to it, we were formed to crew, crown regional championships, and now we've become these entities that negotiate media rights you know, greater together than individually. Um, And so just kind of constantly keeping our core mission and values about providing those experiences for student-athletes at the forefront.
0: I've been thinking a little bit about, you know, the TV deal potentially that Oregon State and Washington State might be able to put together. Your partners, um, obviously CBS and Fox, have been good to you guys, good to the league. Do you sense that there's interest from them in televising those partnership games that are going to be held in Pullman and in Corvallis. Is there value there for, for that partner or um, do, do you have any insight in that?
1: Yeah, those would be conversations and questions for um, Oregon State and Washington State about the, the, the home games that are ending up on their campuses. We do know that, you know, we appreciate and our partners are excited about the home games we're getting from them in our schedule.
0: Yeah. Let's talk, let's drill down on that because as, this proposal unfolds, you know, we all see kind of the result today. The Mountain West schedule comes out. The crossover games or the partnership games with Oregon State, Washington State are uh, out there in the open for everybody to see. And, you know, how did that conversation happen on your end? Because, you know, there had to be a little bit of a way, the positives and the negatives from, from your members. You know, what, what are the true positives to the Mountain West in, in creating a scheduling partnership with the Pac-2 schools?
1: Well, you know, one, th- there were already several games, you know, kind of sprinkled throughout the different schedules as non-conference games. And so, you know, that made it, on the one hand, beneficial, easier, on the other hand, challenging, because they were already kind of locked in, right? Um But I think when when we think about Mountain West football and finding good quality non-conference opponents, those two schools certainly fit that. And being able to serve those up to our members in a, a way that it doesn't, it's least disruptive to their current schedule it, is something that I think everybody embraced. Now, certainly, you know, when you talk about scheduling, you pull one thread over here, another one unravels over there. So, you know, the folks on our team definitely were working around the clock to try to make everything work, but we feel really good about where we ended up.
0: Yeah, and I think uh, I think there is going to be some really good games, and I especially I look at some of the Oregon State games with Boise State and San Diego State and um, Fres, you know Fresno State and Washington State, and I think those are games I'd like to see. Um, from From the basketball standpoint, you know, I've heard other conferences talk about basketball being undervalued. How do you see Mountain West Conference basketball fitting into the kind of the ecosystem and the NCAA tournament and? You know, a lot of talk about what the tournament should look like in the future. Where where are you on that?
1: Well, certainly basketball is very, very important to us. Coming off a year when San Diego State men's team went, you know, to the championship game. Um, right now we have five teams with better than a 33 net ranking. I know there's a lot of basketball left to be played, but, you know, we are consistently a multi-bid league and, and really pride ourselves and invest in and lean into basketball. Um I think the March Madness tournament, the way it is, is amazing. You know, I hope that all the recent uh, issues and challenges we have in college athletics doesn't negatively impact that property. I think it's an amazing student-athlete experience and and super fun for, you know, fans and stakeholders. Um, But I I, I do agree that I personally think basketball is undervalued and Now, I don't have a magic wand. I don't have the power to change that. But um, certainly, as March Madness continues to get stronger and, you know, we have more competitive teams, I think hopefully that market will move a little more.
0: Gloria is with us, Mountain West Conference Commissioner, formerly with the WCC. Before that, with the Pac-12 as a deputy commissioner. You know, you've got such a breadth of experience in all of those conferences and certainly in the West, in the Pacific time zone as a commissioner. I'm a little worried about the fact that I find myself talking about lawsuits and realignment. And I'm talking less now on this show and writing less about the actual sports. Do you think we ever get back to that or is this gonna be a you know, for a while, Gloria? And maybe I'm just asking you as a the sports fan in me kinda of wants to get back to the sports at some point. I just had a
1: very similar thought in that we had a board meeting a while ago and I was preparing slides and you know, as you said, how do you lead? Well you lead by constantly future casting and trying to figure out where the environment's going. And I said if I could just make a slide deck that didn't have the word implosion in it I was <laughs> 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 really, really excited about that day, but I don't know. I feel maybe we're heading for a little bit of settling because the most recent round of realignments are tied to media deals that are a little bit out into our future. Um, But certainly the two-year horizon that we have on the current CFP organization and playoffs, I mean, that could end up adding another ripple to the environment. I don't know what that would look like, but certainly it could be another upheaval.
0: The ongoing litigation with the PAC-2 against the departing 10 has certainly caused a pause in their world as they try to figure out who's got governance of what and what assets are there. How does that affect the mountain West? As you look over and you even think about, you know, you have to be forward thinking, you even think about a potential reverse merger or a merger. Can you even wrap your head around what that looks like if you don't know governance and you don't know what assets or liabilities are there? And certainly, you
1: know, we try to pencil out what we think, not just with Oregon State and Washington State, but on all fronts, what our environment would look like, what that would mean to us as the Mountain West. Um, I, I'm really thankful that, you know, those two schools have such strong leadership in both Pat and Scott. I mean, I've, I've worked with them a long time, and, you know, we know their student-athletes and programs are in good hands. And, you know, it really, on all of these things, the best we can do as the Mountain West is just not be caught off guard and consistently try to sort facts from fiction and really think ahead about all the different what-ifs.
0: Yeah, one of the what-ifs it sort of involves Oregon State, Washington State, just kind of going into a holding pattern. You know, have this partnership, see where it is in a year, see where it is in 18 months, reevaluate. If you're selling Oregon State and Washington State on why they need a conference, where What would you include in that argument?
1: There's a little bit of strength in numbers, you know, stronger together than alone. I think, you know, we do have a media rights deal that's pretty favorable. And collectively, we have a lot of inventory in the Western Region time zone, which makes us valuable. Um, The hallmark of a healthy league is that if any time you have a down year or rebuilding year or, you know, you just have some injuries that maybe take what should have been a good year a little bit sideways, the strength of the league can help bolster you up. And, you know, there's still a chance in championship or, you know, end of season play to catch lightning in a bottle. Whereas if you're a complete independent, um, it's, a, it's a little bit tougher. Also, you got half of your um, schedule handed to you as opposed to having to start from scratch the schedule every season. And then not to mention – all the things that nobody knows that the conference does about infrastructure, officiating, sportsmanship, awards, that's really, you know, all the, you know, sausage making behind the scenes.
0: Gloria is Mountain West Conference Commissioner. All right. Um, football season, I, I all the to-be-determines. Uh, I saw the schedule. We kind of know where the teams are playing. How long until we get some dates there, or what needs to go into that before dates get set? Oh, I knew you were going to ask me, and I meant to look it up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and the guys told me just yesterday, and it's already flown out my head. <laughs> All
0: right. Well, I'll, maybe I'll I'll ask you later for an answer on it, but I was just trying to figure out, you know, is that TV-driven, or are you waiting for something? It is. is it non-conference-driven? Pro- you know, I don't know. It's television-driven, yes. How do we get out from under the thumb of TV While also (laughs) also knowing that TV is funding this.
1: Well, and then back in the day, we used to make our schedules and then television would come over the top and pick, you know, which games they wanted. And, you know, it works both ways because in that old model, if there was no flexibility, sometimes you'd have what you thought was going to be a real robust game in the beginning of the season, maybe be a little anemic by the end of the season. And it actually helped us to have the flexibility to – kind of handpick and put our matchups in and around the schedule to really build that excitement and try to, you know, culminate into the run for the championship. Again, it's hit and miss as teams, you know, perform over the season, but on the one hand that flexibility means it takes us longer to put out a schedule. On the other hand, it helps us put the best, you know, games, the most compelling matchups where they need to be in the schedule. All
0: right, Gloria, I want you to have a great Christmas. Um, and I really appreciate the work that you do. And, uh, you know, I know that you care about athletes and you care about the sports. And so it's uh, I think it's nice to hear somebody with a legal background and a position of authority also talk a little bit like a fan. And so I appreciate that.
1: Thank you so much, John, for having me. I love the piece on Dan Dickow. It brought a tear to my eye. Oh, a good one. man.
0: Man, I, I haven't really talked about it on radio yet today, but it's just... It's one of those things like you know we sometimes you get we all get our eye off the ball I was just tired of writing about lawsuits and stuff and I felt yeah. like I needed to do something different today so thank you for saying yeah.
1: that well I was at the WCC when he was a player and you know then yeah. he covered us when I was commissioner there so i I have an affinity he's a good one
0: yeah and he spent a lot of time with that that doctor that uh, was facing a terminal illness i I will never forget that Gloria thank you for joining us yeah. Thank you, John. There she goes. Gloria Navarrez Mountain West Conference Commissioner. Will they end up in a reverse merger? Will they just end up in a scheduling partnership with Oregon State and Washington State? Those are questions for another day. I did write today at johnkanzano.com if you are confused by what Gloria was talking about, about Dan Dickow, former trailblazer, and an interesting an unusual request that was made by a reader of my column. Reader wanted to know, if I knew, back in the day, this is back in 2006, when Dan Dickow would play. When would he be in the lineup? And I thought, what a weird question. Is this a fantasy league thing? Was wants to know when was going to play. What do you, And it turns out Dr. Jeffrey Werner, who was a cardiologist working here in Oregon, and he, as it turns out, was... A renowned cardiologist in the Seattle area, and in Arkansas, and he had founded a clinic that was like you know one of the best cardiologist uh, you know cardiology uh, departments in in the country. And this guy knew his stuff; he's an expert at what he did. Turns out, he was in an unfortunate position; he was dying. He had lung cancer. Now he'd never smoked; he had lived healthy, did yoga, exercised, uh, ate all the right things. And got dealt a bad hand. He had made a bucket list. And I wrote about that bucket list today. That included things like, you know, take the family to Italy. um, Go to the Big Island in Hawaii and catch the wind in a gourd. For People who have ever uh, been to the Big Island and the tip of the Big Island, the whistling winds of uh, those warm trade winds. And, you know, there's some, you know, there's some magic in trying to catch the wind and, he wanted to catch the wind in a gourd. That was on his bucket list. You know, I don't know what would be on your bucket list. But also on his bucket list was seeing Dan Dickow make a three-point basket. He he had watched Dan Dickow play at Gonzaga and was a fan of Dickow. And so Dr. Werner wanted to know, when is Dickow going to play? I've been to two Blazer games. I'm running out of time here. Like, you know, he, he had a terminal illness. And so... He reached out to me, and I said, you know, I'll go ask Nate McMillan. And so I asked the Blazers coach at the time, Nate McMillan, I said, i got a weird question for you, but when's Dickow going to play? I have a doctor who is facing a terminal illness who is running out of time, and he needs to see Dickow hit a three-point basket, and it's on his bucket list. And Nate McMillan said, bring him to practice. He can see Dickow shoot a three. He wasn't going to play Dickow, (laughs) so... Uh, Dr. Werner went with me to a Blazer practice. I wrote all about it today at johnconzano.com. You can hear about the interaction with Dickow and the strange twist at the end of the story. That doctor, as it turns out, wanted to see more than a three point shot. He had another thing on his mind that was an interesting twist. Leave it here. Anna's popping in the studio. She got.